I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Lindergaard making Morris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris, expanding via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Wambu nu karibu kwantaleo lingi luck lovers cast. Huni Dave, Nana Maginishwa, Na Ian, Na Sheridan Robbins. Wa BBC Somerset, Ambaya Nasi Bila Ben. Habari Zasubi, Nyoto, Wa Willi Nemendiliaja. That introduction was brought to you by Google Translate. With apologies to anybody who can actually speak Swahili, but also in honor of Yeovil Town's two goal striker. Adi Youssef, and here to join me, as you probably picked up, the only words that I actually pronounced correctly in that uh, introduction there were Ian, Sheridan Robbins, BB Sunset, Ben, and Glover's Cast, which if you put them in the right order means that I'm joined by Ben and Sheridan, because Ben can't, no, I'm joined by Ian and Ben, the English bit I'm struggling with, not the Swahili. Uh, so yeah, I'm joined by Ian and Sheridan because um, Ben can't be here because he's getting his COVID booster this morning. So with no further ado, good morning, Ian, and good morning, Sheridan. I got everyone's name right there. Fantastic. <laughs> good morning. And cracking effort there. Excellent. If anybody can actually speak Swahili, you can tell me how many words I got right there because Google Translate, I'm not convinced, speaks Swahili very well. Probably worse than me, I would have thought. <laughs> <laughs> but I did promise, didn't I? So there you go. You did. Christmas promise has to be kept. You always deliver. There you go. There you go. But yes, 
in honor of uh, of, of Adi Yusuf. And we've got the two of you because the two of you were freezing your uh, whatever's off uh, at Hughes Park whilst I was sat listening to Sheridan and Lawson talking all about it, which is very pleasant, I have to say. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so Ian, you were on the uh, you were on the Thatcher's end yesterday, I understand. Yeah, not, I was. Yeah. Not in Block H. No, no, Block H was shut. I was getting my steps in, uh, jumping around on the on the Thatcher's Terrace. Enjoyed were it. Were you actually jumping around? Yeah, I was trying to stay warm. Oh, right, okay, <laughs> right, right. This was survival, wasn't <laughs> yes, it? Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, I mean, yeah, all the goals were in front of me, so that was quite good. It was nice to see goals up close. Um, yeah, it was a good it was a good afternoon stood up, really. I have to ask, because I only I, I can't remember It'd be a long time ago since I last saw a game from the side of a pitch as opposed to at the end of a pitch. What is the big difference between seeing it from the end of the pitch? Is it just you see the goals better? Do you get a better view? I read all these comments on Facebook <laughs> last night with people saying, oh, you can't watch a game from the end of the pitch. How, why would anybody do that? Yeah, I do prefer watching. Watch... I do prefer watching from the side. You get a better view, do you? Yeah, you can see more. You can see like, I don't know, you just... You, everything's a bit more in perspective. Yeah, I, I got you no give idea. My excuses. Yeah, I got oh, no idea. Oh, I can't see all the way at the end there. <laughs> I got no idea how far Alex Bradley's shooting from uh, when I'm at the end <laughs> no. of the pitch. It was it was far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alex Bradley's shooting from far, yeah. not Dale Gorman. Well, yeah, both of them oh, had their goes, didn't uh, they? Yeah. They were both at it. They were both at it. We just we just take Dale Gorman as a given now, do we? <laughs> that he's just going to shoot from anywhere. Um, I did notice that in your commentary, Sarah. Uh, was it? I can't remember whether it was you or Lawson. Uh, Lawson said something about. I just love that that, that Dale just shoots from anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he 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 said he said one day he's going to score an absolute worldie. Yeah, yeah. One and hopefully day. by the time that happens, Lawson's back on the pitch. But yeah, he uh, he certainly likes to take the mick out of his teammates on commentary, doesn't he? So, uh, <laughs> He does, he does. But so, I guess we should start off because right at the beginning, you asked him about his return to training, which uh, maybe I uh, over uh, overestimated what the manager said because he definitely said in his pre-match comment, yeah, and Lawson, it was good to have Lawson back in training as well. But God, what was it he was actually doing? So I think he's been in and around, I think, for, for a, bit, a while. Yeah, yeah um, but sort of off air, he said, oh, yeah, I think, I think the gaffer over-egged it a little bit. I think yeah. I passed the ball once. Yeah. So, um, yeah, certainly wasn't back in training, but it's positive. Every time I speak to him, his recovery is in the right track. Um, and he knows a lot about the players in terms of what they've been working on in training. He's in the dressing room before. He comes a bit later to join commentary because he's in and around the action. So, um, you know, he's he's well on his way. He's well on his way. Um, and I think potentially January, Feb, end of January, early Feb is his target, whether that does happen you know it was a bad injury so he, he's yeah. he's very conscious not to sort of raise expectations because everything anything can happen can't it with that kind of injury and set you back but um yeah really positive news that you know he's kicking a football um yeah. with that kind of injury that is a that is a big step yeah i, I think what a player it, he'd be to have back as well it would be but it'll be disappointing to lose him on commentary i think as well <laughs> it would, yeah. <laughs> where does his strength lie <laughs> yeah. I think when he finishes the game, he should become a referee's assessor. <laughs> That's what he should do. He should just sit there. 
because he, he, he's already getting the work in and he? he's doing the work experience. Let's just... Did you hear how proud he was that he waited until 20 minutes to, <laughs> to complain about the referee? I was going to say, let's have a quick rule one break just to find out what he said about the referee because, uh, again, it was an interesting performance. Yeah, and it started off better because the game was at least flowing, unlike last week, which was just the most difficult game to commentate on because there was just no flow. Um but this time, yeah, it was the it was the yellow cards, as the manager said afterwards, just ridiculous yellow cards and um, 50-50 tackles, certainly not being treated as 50-50. So he was getting very, very frustrated um, at the, the yellow cards. Um, but you wound him up, Sheridan, because you said something. <laughs> you said something about, oh, the referee, just like the one last week. And he went, yeah, yeah, like the one last <laughs> week. And then you said the red mist descend in front of him. <laughs> and then he went, oh. Gotta give the people what they want, you know. Yeah, yeah. Awesome complaining about the ref. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, no, it was good. Uh, it was good value again. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it sounded like uh, the cliche of a game of two halves. The first half sounded like it was probably more in favour of Woking, but not a very good game. Well, apart from the goal, the goal sounded. I haven't seen. I don't think they do any highlights of the FA Trophy, so I haven't seen. But it sounded like uh, Tavon Campbell's was was a good goal. He took it really well. Um, I think the most disappointing thing, though, was it started from our free kick and we completely switched off. Um, and when Tavon Campbell was one-on-one -on -one with a goalkeeper, it's only going to go one place. Mm -hmm. And it was frustrating because he didn't do much else throughout the game. Again, we were able to nullify that player that scored, what, now 14 goals yeah, this yeah. season. So it's a, it's a great tally. Um, but, yeah, no, take nothing away from him. Took it well. And I think Woking probably just edged the first half, certainly in terms of, chances we just didn't come out the, the traps like we normally do um and probably something to do with the, with the changes we made but yeah he took it took it really really well um but I think their biggest problem was they shut up shop which was a bad thing to do against this kind of Yeovil town side I don't know what you thought from the side angle but it felt like we were uh they were trying to expose a new sign in Jaheim Headley Headley and that gap in between because they had a chance just before Campbell scored they had a chance from a similar position that they hooked wide so it was it almost I think they targeted that left side and that space in between Heedley and Hunt to um capitalize on yeah definitely and I think in the first sort of 20-30 minutes it worked but I think we adapted quite well I thought he had a great debut Headley I thought considering coming in he did said uh, Lawson said he was not even trained he signed yesterday so um it was impressive in terms of a, a back four. He got beat a couple of times, but I think once he got into the game, um, certainly past the half hour mark, he looked looked really strong. But you're right, they were trying to expose that. And we didn't have the wits, did we, to, to counter that in that first half, I don't think, which has been our strength for so many weeks. Yeah, he and he definitely grew into it. Like I thought in that second half when we were chasing the game, sort of yeah. him and Barnett on the left-hand side, were like brilliant together. I thought as soon as yeah, he's quick, yeah, sure. powerful as well, and just getting round the the their fullbacks. He had a really, yeah, a good debut. And what was he? Twenty years old, so another youngster thrown into the deep end. Yeah. He, is he definitely a fullback then? Is he? Because I noticed in the um, sort of write-ups on him, it said about he can play in defensive midfield. Is he a bit like a Jordan Barnett that he is a fullback, but he can play further forward too? I, I think so. Um, I think in a Darren Sahl team, you've got to be able to play at least two positions, haven't you? Um, and, and with that sort of pace, I think it works as a, 
as a fullback and, and in midfield. I liked, as, as Ian said, having him and Jordan there. Um, Jordan didn't look rusty at all. Um, and those two together were a big part of, you know, the second goal. So, um, yeah, I imagine maybe we'll we'll chop and change that if uh, if he does stay any longer, sort of than the month. Um, feel for Morgan Williams because yeah, very impressive. But he was a diff. You know, you can tell that going forward, Morgan Williams isn't a left back. Um, no. Whereas with with Headley, he had that pace to burst forward. Yeah, we probably wouldn't have scored, you know, two of the goals we scored yesterday, probably wouldn't have scored with Morgan Williams in the team just because he wouldn't get in those positions to create those situations. So I think, yeah, we saw the benefit yesterday of having a a player like Headley, left back rather than Morgan Williams. Yeah, he is very comfortable on the ball though, isn't he, Morgan Williams? Whenever you see him, there were a couple of occasions in that Stevenage game. I remember seeing him going forward with the ball. Uh, and like you say, he's not one who's going to burst down a wing and bang a crossing, is he? But he's very, uh, very comfortable, comfortable on the ball. But yeah, so so first half was uh, finding it. Well, finding each other out as much as uh, uh, finding the opposition out. So did, did we probably deserve to be a goal down at half time? I don't or... think we create. We didn't create much. No. I felt like, you know, it was. Obviously, everyone's talking about the return of Ruben Reed, but we didn't play to his strengths. It was a lot of sort of lumping the ball up, and he just couldn't get it, couldn't get it under Dave. He just couldn't get it under control. I don't <laughs> I know th- why you're so harsh on him all the time. Ian. He's <laughs> trying his best for crying out loud. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I I don't know. It just didn't not, it didn't just quite click at all, really, in the first half. And I think Max Kretschmar got a lot of time on the ball and I was really impressed with him I thought he looked an absolute player but in the second half nothing nothing going at all for them in the second really and it was just a matter of time before we scored a goal I think and obviously uh, Adi Youssef probably still asleep at the moment um, <laughs> came sleeping on sleeping through till, uh, till <laughs> Boxing Day now okay, he came on and changed the game yeah but Kretschmar, you you messaged, didn't you, at half time saying that he was uh, he, he impressed him. Then they took him off, didn't they? Yeah. 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 Utterly bizarre. Utterly bizarre. Um, I, I've been impressed with him for the last couple of seasons. Every time we've played Woking, he is that playmaker, and I feel for him because he's clearly not in a good team currently. Mm. Um, and yeah, he's strong. He's creative and he doesn't stop running. I, I couldn't believe it when they took him off, but that's what I meant in terms of they shot themselves in the foot. As much as we stepped it up, and as Ian says, it was inevitable. Um, although the, the, all the three goals were late on, we'd had chances before that. We were going to equalise at least. Um, but to take him off was just bizarre. I did watch their managers or their assistant managers post-match, so there may have been an injury, which would explain it, although he didn't look like he was injured from right. what he was playing. But we did silence him in the in the second half. Um, but, yeah, he's certainly a bright spark and probably deserves to have better players around him. I think yeah. uh, you could tell they were that they really started to slow things down. I think their left winger spent a couple of times sat on the pitch. He, he sat down for a little bit, like, right on the edge. And then he um, got back up again after having treatment and came back on. And then he got a little bit further on the pitch and then sat down for a few minutes waiting for treatment. And then the goalkeeper took a bit of a tumble and needed emergency treatment on his ankle. Which, <laughs> I mean, the physio was a miracle worker yesterday. I think he he fixed so many broken bones. 
Um, <laughs> and suddenly, you know, when we scored our equaliser, the keeper was a little bit quicker to get the ball and start, you know, get the game going again. It was, you know, and that was between 60 and 70 minutes that they started, you know, started those antics. I was going to say, we can't talk too much about antics, can we? We've got a fair few antics in, in us, but it did, I did chuckle when uh, when I heard um, uh, about the, the, the goalkeeper because you hear all these opposition fans talking about us and saying, oh, it's a disgrace, you should be banned. And the Del Gorman one from uh, the Barnet game where, where we went down saying, oh, he should be ashamed of himself. Every team does it. Every team, whether you're a good team, whether you're a bad team, every team does it. Wrexham fans from the other week where they were talking about um, uh, Dan Dan Moss, their player, uh, Ben Tozer was doing it all, all all the way through the game, throwing himself on the floor like that. Every team does it. I uh, And sounds like Craig Ross, was it? The Woking keeper? Yeah. He's got a bit about it as well. Debs Curtis posted a picture of him on with the, with the beautiful purple haze behind and i did reply to her say oh thank god the woking keeper's alive it sounds like he's uh, <laughs> he's really been through the wars but uh yeah she said oh yeah he's definitely alive and kicking him so yeah. but yeah so uh so was it uh the arrival of adi yusuf that, that that really really turned it do we think i think so but also jordan barnett made a difference as well and this is no um, disgrace on Luke Wilkinson. Luke Wilkinson is Luke Wilkinson. And I always want him in the side, but I, he was on a yellow card. And I think he's played a lot of football recently, but getting Josh Staunton back just made us a little calmer. Um, and although we played centre-back rather than in that midfield role, which I think he is much better in, um, we just look stronger. And, and when you've got that defensive line, which we worked so hard for, we have a little bit more freedom to go forward. So I think all the changes really made a difference. Um, but I do feel for Ruben Reed because he didn't get that service in the first half. And he is definitely getting up to match fitness. I mean, we've had the same conversation about Adi Youssef that, you know, he wasn't at match fitness. And I think people sometimes mistake that for, you know, not trying, but we've seen how Adi Yusuf has come on, he doesn't stop running now. Um, now he's got his match fitness. So um, I think it was good that we got 60 minutes in Ruben. And, you know, Adi Yusuf is on fire, so he's pushing Ruben Reed for that starting place, which can only be a positive thing. But, you know, Adi took his goals very well. Um, he took them very well. And, you know, he wanted that poacher in the box, and that's what he was like yesterday. And a header from Tom Knowles, which I had to do a double take, that I was getting <laughs> the right player. Um, so, yeah, no, we took, we took the chances when they came and we were patient because we played much better in the second half. Um, but it obviously took a little bit longer than perhaps we would have liked to, to get that equaliser. Um, but Staunton is, is a huge player because he certainly rallied the, tr the troops. And, you know, from speaking to Adi Yusuf afterwards as well, whatever Darren Stiles said really worked because <laughs> they upped the intensity in the second half. I think, yeah, we, it was noticeable how we got the ball down a lot more and actually started playing and Alex Bradley, there was a couple of moments with Moss, Bradley and Sonny and Tom Knowles, just triangles, all the trigonometry around the box and down the lines. It, and yeah, we really started playing and it, yeah, it did feel like a matter of time before things opened up. And then I think it was a triangle with um, uh, Sonny and who was it who set up um, Yusuf's first? It was a, 
crossing from Headley, wasn't it? And then yeah, I think it was Headley, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So there was a little triangle. Headley whips it in, and a bit of a a loose first touch, but his finish was unreal with his left foot. You know, to just smash it in the bottom corner, and it it's the type of finish that we were crying out for in October. Um, that now we're getting, and the you know he's. I think we talked about him sort of not needing time to think about what he's going to do. And both of his goals, well, as his second goal yesterday, he did have time to think about it. And he, you know, he was composed and, I mean, he just hit it really hard, which is all you want to do really, I think. But he had to, He, we saw two sides of his goal scoring yesterday, the reactive instinctive finish and uh, I've got time to think about this and put it away. So it, you know, it's a very different Adi Yusuf to the one who clattered into Boreham Wood defenders and got sent off in October. What a wrecking ball! No, I was going to well, say he's, he's still we... the wrecking ball. He is still yeah, yeah. he is still yeah. that. Yeah. Like I <laughs> I put it in my conclusions. How he just he causes absolute chaos, and yeah. it's just the way he. I don't know. He just runs around and clumsily bumps into people, but gets away <laughs> with it. Whereas like Ruben cleverly or clumsily. <laughs> Well, a bit of both, I think. It's yeah. almost like innocent. It's like, oh, he doesn't know any better, but he probably does. Um, <laughs> I going to say, he's been around long enough to know better. Yeah. Whereas, like, yeah. Ruben Reed is a physical striker who tries to get the ball and hold it up and mm-hmm. sort of hold off defenders, whereas Adi Yusuf just wants to bump off of defenders and, yeah, just cause reckless chaos, really. Which is... And that's no mean feat with how... Big Woking's yeah. defences. They're huge. It's, it's unbelievable. And that's a credit as well to Sonny Blue at Everton, who I thought had another good game. Really strong with the ball at his feet and just able to go past defenders. I mean, the height difference is ridiculous. The stature difference was ridiculous. But that quality really showed through. And he's proved me wrong because I wasn't sure he was quite ready uh, for this kind of physical league. But he's really stepped up and yeah he played a part in the goals and I actually thought he was good in the first half but wasn't really getting the rub of the green so when he laid the ball off there was no one there to anticipate whereas in the second half as Ian says those triangles really worked and he was a big part of all of those. He's definitely adapted to this level I think I don't know if it I think the manager said early on he he sort of kept the ball a bit too long whereas Mm. I think it's noticeable how much quicker he is to move it on and I think there were there were moments yesterday when we were playing those triangles where it was sort of one touch two touch football and it just it was really slick it was it was great to watch do we think that because we talked about what kind of a striker out of Yusuf is and those Solihull fans we spoke to said that he was a he was an instinctive um you know finisher who wouldn't do a lot off the ball but he um he'd always be in the right place and that's what we thought we were going to get and then we thought oh no he is a, like a back to goal striker because he's like you said he does does put in all, all the work and now he seems to be is he has he lost the the back to goal bit um to become the instinctive striker or is he kind of uh, mixing it up a bit i think i think he is both but i think a lot of it is the co- the coaching that he's receiving i don't think he can get away with being that instinctive striker and nothing else. Mm-hmm. I don't think Darren Sal allows that in his team. Um, and, you know, speaking to him, he said the, the training's really intense. Um, so, I mean, he is different to, say, Ruben Reed, and that's probably a good thing. 
Um, and I think he's also different to, to Joe Quigley, but I think he's adapting his game to the situations that he finds himself in, um, particularly being so instinctive as a, as a sub. He had to be, he knew when he came on, he had to be the one that was going to change the game and turn it around for us and be that instinctive striker. You know, when you've got 30 minutes, you've got to make the most of it. Whereas when he plays the full 90, he's got so much more to his game. He's back defending. He's winning the ball back in midfield. He doesn't mind laying it off to say Sonny to create something and then moving forward. So um, I think he's adapting to to the coaching that he's that he's receiving, and we're seeing the benefits of it. And it's probably you know a different role for him, particularly to come on with 30 minutes to go and, and have to change it. He knew he'd have to score. Um, whereas you know last last week he had that one chance, and then he just he helped get the win. You know he just helped. Um, get get the three points rather than creating loads of chances going forward yeah it, it's um it's interesting to see how he has evolved over his time with us like he has become a very it, while he plays the same he's just become a different type of player and I think it is all about those relationships with the people around him I think he seems to be playing a lot better with the people as you know as they've all got used to playing with each other you know he came in when we were playing 4-4-2 now we're playing 4-3-3 and I feel like he thrives off having players a little bit closer to him because it felt like when he was paired with Quigley it was sort of Quigley flick-ons and him having to chase onto it whereas having two people running off of him in Knowles and Sonny who have you know they're pacey and they cause havoc as well it sort of I feel like it's freed him up a little bit more to be uh, less less of a defender's focus. When you've got all that movement around you, he he's able to be like sort of a distraction and freed up by defenders because they're dealing with other runners. And I think the goal, the first goal yesterday, was an example of that. He was held sort of tight by a defender, but not tight enough. And that was because there was runners behind him, there was runners in front of him, and he put it away lovely. Yeah, it's been spoken about, hasn't it? About well, not not just about Yusuf and Quigley as well. About how these are players that that just needed a home and all the rest of it. And I was having a look through what Adi Yusuf's uh, sort of playing uh, career has been for the last few years. And and I mean, he started twelve games uh, for for us since he arrived in, in in August, which is the most games he started since he played for Solihull in eighteen nineteen when he played like 41 games, but I know he was banging him in from then. So it it, it does genuinely, and I know it's a bit of a cliche saying that, uh, you know, that he's, he's found a home and all of that, but it does genuinely seem like give him a run of games and uh, and he'll score. I noticed there was an interview in the non-league paper this morning about um, Tavon Campbell saying the same thing. Been on so many, He'd been on so many loan spells, all he wanted was games uh, to be able to get goals. And Adi Yusuf say the same. I mean, he's got, well, before us, he was, so Chesterfield loan, Wrexham loan, Bournemouth loan, Solihull loan, Blackpool in Seinfeld, but he didn't play. And then he had loans before that as well. So maybe he does just, you know, Need need a home to find the um find the goals and he certainly seems to be um seems to be doing it. I know he's not everybody's cup of tea and people will always find um problems with uh, with strikers, won't they? I'm a five month talk, but uh, <laughs> but it is it is amazing to think given the actual um squad that we've got 
how many options we seem to have because you think to yourself as well you've got quickly still to come back in january then you've got uh, i know you talked about um uh, mark little and not lawson just yet but uh, but you've got those kind of uh players still to come back and you just think the numbers we've got it feels weird to think we, we feel like we've got lots of competition for places don't we even though we've hardly got any players yeah, it was weird yesterday when the team came out. I was like, that's five changes. Yeah, yeah. How are we able to make five <laughs> changes? And you're thinking, okay, it's still a, still a really decent team. I think we have decent options. That's mm. the de- the difference. I think the yeah. signings have been good. Um, and, the you know, there's been a couple of loans that obviously haven't worked out. But even the loan, you know, the loan signings that have been made, I mean, Dan Moss, again, he just, he's so consistent, just so strong, never puts a tackle wrong, just, a fantastic player that's going to go on to great things um yeah it, it's strange that we have all, all, all these options but such a limited amount of of players you know available and you know if if as Darren said after the match you know, if if a couple do go out down with COVID then we won't be able to to play um but on Adi Yusuf I thought it was interesting on in his post-match interview that he did speak about the team so much and I know players you know they say all these things don't they in post-match interviews but his mantra throughout his career has been no goals no sleep but that's about him whereas he was very much focused on the team um and you know credit to, to Ruben Reed as well having been in and around the squad throughout this season he is there every match he's there helping um you know Adi Yusuf I think they're very close so I think there is that tight-knit group that they all wanted the, the players to, to get a chance and I think it was great for Alex Bradley to get 60-70 minutes whatever he got yesterday um, and that competition helps anyone and as Lawson always says I wouldn't get in this team at the moment um, <laughs> which is you know a great place to be. Yeah there's a hell of a spirit in this team and I think we've been quite fortunate because we've been winning games like going in front Whereas yesterday was a game where we went behind and we did have to show something a little bit different. And I think come the end, when that third goal went in, although it felt like, you know, it felt like it was coming and it felt like we were going to put them away. I think it was almost like a realisation of how close these players are. The celebrations for that third goal were were brilliant. Um, all the supporters, you know, there was a load of kids there yesterday all running down to the front and it, it felt like a... I don't know, it felt like quite a nice moment with supporters and the players, even though there were so few there. I think it was a perfect game to have a load of kids go free because, you know, these games over Christmas that are at home, we've got Weymouth, we've got Torquay, I think they'll pull people in anyway if they go ahead and if people are allowed in them. But, you know, that that you know, a three one win when the kids all go is a brilliant, you know, advert for the Oval Town Football Club and you know it did it reminded me of when I used to go as a kid you know because it was great football we won um yeah it was it was it was good it's weird to feel that <laughs> it was that never say die attitude and if you remember Dave but Lawson was like you seem nervous because at 2-1 I was thinking <laughs> yeah. I thought it's just this team never gave me any reason to be nervous. No. We weren't under pressure, but it's it's the, you know, PTSD the years and years from the years, yeah. Yeah, but we do. We look so comfortable when we're in front. And that's what I was, as Ian said, so impressed with yesterday because I thought, oh, we haven't been behind in a long time. 
Um, and these are young lads, these are you know new lads that have come in, but the spirit is is unbelievable. And I was speaking to my dad about this that this feels better than year one under Darren Sahl, and I can't quite put my finger on why, but so dad sort of said because we're young, we're quick, we're fearless, you know. Whereas we were so experienced in year one, and year one was fantastic and loved every player there, and they were playing for the shirt and all that kind of thing, but. Yeah, it is. And also when they celebrate, as they did for the third goal, saying the kids are running down, they're like kids, aren't they? We've just scored the third goal, you know, in the FA Trophy. We've come back. Last 10 minutes, it's that never say no. And they're loving it as well. They're enjoying it. They've never really been through this. Whereas year one, Noble Town under Darren Sell, you know, they're very experienced. They've won things, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's why it feels so special this time. And I think because of that experience that we had in year one and the fact that we just come down from the league, there was a lot more expectation for us to perform like we did. Whereas this year, uh, I mean, I've got exactly what you've got, Sheridan. I still don't believe anything good can ever happen to me. So, uh, you know, I feel like footballing wise, all the good things in my life have happened already. And therefore, I'd just be grateful for those. So uh, so I'm, I'm still of the belief, well, if we don't go down, I'll be happy with that. So uh, yeah, even though the quadruple is still on, obviously. But um, uh, but but yeah, so I, um, uh, you know, you. you you, you just feel like because it's so unexpected, because there is such an inexperienced team, that's maybe why it feels better. But to, to your point about feeling nervous, I mean, I wasn't there. I was only listening to you guys on the radio. But last weekend, I didn't feel nervous either. Um, and, and, and yesterday I came in, my partner came in when we were 1-0 we were down. I was listening to you on the radio and he goes, what's cool? Uh, and I said, oh, we're 1-0 down. And, and, and he said, oh, no, because he's used to me like having trauma when we're, when we're losing. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, well, and he was like, what's the matter with you? And I said, well, there's still 20 minutes to go. And then we scored about a minute later. So I don't know, maybe this is a new side of me that, I'm, uh, that, that this team is opening up perhaps. But maybe I'm going to get positive. Maybe not just yet. <laughs> I think it is. It yeah, it is a weird feeling. It is yeah. weird feeling so yeah. comfortable, even at one nil down. Like yeah, we were chasing the game, but we weren't. You know, it wasn't like quick hoof it forward. Let's try and get something. Um, it's yeah, it's a weird feeling. But those yeah, those young players. I think that is a big part of it. And part of me, I don't know if it's just the way I see the situation at the football club as well, it's it's almost like these players are playing for the future of the actual club yeah, in, yeah. in a way as well. Um, you know, I said it the other day, I think Charlie Wakefield's goal against Stevenage is, you know, in, in 20 years' time, we could be looking at that goal the same way we talk about Neil Coates' goal at Hereford. It, it's, you know, it felt like a massive moment and... While it might not feel massive at like at this stage, you know, what's to say in a few months' time it's not you know a club-saving goal. Yeah. Um, it, should it, we book Charlie Wakefield <laughs> in for an interview in twenty years' time? Shall we so <laughs> bring him back? Yeah, he'll still be playing. I love interviewing Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Joy, <laughs> Darren takes the mick out of him, but I think it's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, it, it's the whole off-field situation aside these players are just playing for the club, the shirt. They're, they're, there's nothing else about it. It's not like we've got, you know, when we went down from the football league and we had, you know, hangers on, not really playing for us and not, 
you know, putting performances in. This is the total opposite situation mm-hmm. we've got now. And I think as well, like, I loved the first season under Saul. Um, you know, the second is one to forget about, but we had those players who were winding down. You know, they weren't going to take us to the Football League and then keep us in the Football League, those players. Whereas, you know, if we sneak into the playoffs this year, why not? There's There's players in there that, you know, are all out of contract. But if we go up, you know, if if they're part of that group, then, you know, they're young enough to have a go at the Football League again. And it does, you know, I don't want to compare it to the last time when we got out of the conference. But, you know, that was a young group of players. Yeah. Um, that was a tight-knit group who all, you know, lived and breathed playing for Yeovil together. They were all in the area. You know, it. You know there are... You know, there are echoes of that with this group. I think, you know, as we've said previously, we just need a Phil Jevons and a Gavin Williams brought in to <laughs> really press us on a little bit higher up. Yeah, and, and the FA Trophy, you know, perhaps if we had lost the game, wouldn't have been that big a deal with the run we're on. But, you know, you get you get a bit of money, four grand. It's, not, it's nothing to be sniffed at. So, you know, you make a run in this competition... Um, we're not going to go too much further in the in the FA Cup, so why not have an FA Trophy run? And if you know, you always have a bit of luck, don't you, with injuries, etc. Uh, when you push for promotion. So you know, if we can come out the other side of these Ruben Reed, Mark Little, uh, Joe Quigley injuries, there's no reason you can kind of rotate the five players um, that that you did for the for the trophy run because you know we've got history in the competition. And Woking certainly have history in the competition, so um, they'll be disappointed that they're out of it. Well, we're we're still in it, and it's a, a another great opportunity to to get something this season. I think as big as yeah. those players coming back, it's also equally as big to keep hold of Moss, keep hold of Sonny, yeah. um, because you know those two in particular have become pretty key for us. Like you know, Moss is probably second or third name on the team sheet at the moment and if if we lose him although we might be bringing back Mark Little there's no way Mark Little's going to give us what Dan Moss gives us so yeah crucially important that we hold on to um, Moss and Sonny and you know even Headley might prove you know it's only his first game but he's got a few tough games in front of him to prove a point and if we can keep hold of him as well that would be good too. How many of the quadruple are we going for then? Go on, num- <laughs> pick a number between one and four. Ian? It's going to be at least a treble. <laughs> Which three? FA Cup? <laughs> yeah. Go on, Sheridan, how many are you going for? Three. Yeah. Three? What are you going for, Dave? I'm going to run <laughs> I'm not going to say. <laughs> one, but I won't tell you which one. <laughs> Ruben Reed's firing us to the football league. In the, no, in the FA Cup. Yeah, he's going <laughs> to score in the FA Cup final. Sheridan, do you need to put a disclaimer that these are not the views of the BBC or something when you say they're going to win the treble? <laughs> I mean, if the goals don't count for the Somerset Premier Cup, they don't count in the unbeaten run, and I'm standing by that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everything counts. The Somerset Premier Cup counts for everything. When you Look. said 11, get, I was shouting. It's 12. <laughs> Never Look, forget Lawson the miracle of Markle. Yeah. Lawson was going, you can't give Addy more goals. You can't give Addy more yeah. goals. <laughs> <laughs> He'll never wake up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. He'll be in hibernation all the way through, won't he? But 
but yes so have we uh have we got some questions did we get we we asked for questions didn't we did yeah. we get any yeah there are a few there have you got them yeah i've got them up here go on then okay uh mr tom newport he's a friend of mine uh is reed overvalued in the squad the game completely changed when he went off today a lot of experience but didn't offer anything today I'm not going to answer this one. I'm going to leave this one to the two of you because my my opinions on Ruben Reed have already spiralled out of control. <laughs> Go on then. What do you think, Sheridan? Look, he didn't have his best game yesterday, but that's his first 60 minutes in four or five months. Um, I think he's going on the same journey as Ali Yusuf, as I said earlier. I think he is big off the pitch for the squad. Um, he is in the changing room every time alongside Mark Little. Um, him and Little have offered, you know, when we were on that tough run, offered to do some interviews, etc. They're the leaders in the group. I think he is a big player. I want him to score goals. You know, in this next run of games, when he gets his match fitness back, took out of Yusuf for a couple of months, he needs to score goals. He knows that. That's, that's what he's built his career doing. And he should be doing it at this level. But I think the influence he has on the players, it's positive. And I know he's really close with Joe, Joe Quigley. So he'll be helping him through that, that injury spell. Um, but he, he had a really bad injury. You know, it's been a really tough comeback for him. Um, so I don't think he's overvalued. But I think he is under pressure. This season, he needs to score goals. And he needs to um, up his game in terms of his return because last season wasn't good enough on the goals front. Um, but I think as Ian said, that season was just a write-off for everyone. Um, but I'm still hopeful he's going to be a huge player for us. There's no doubt of his talent. There's no doubt that he is, you know, better than this level. Um, but he needs to show it on the pitch. So um, yeah, next couple of months really for him, a, a huge. I think, He's a 33-year-old coming back from a hamstring tear. Yeah. You know, it's... <laughs> Michael Owen was a a kid when he tore his hamstring and he was, you know, never the same player after he did it. So I think it's, you know, we have to remember that, that he's, you know, he is coming towards the end of his career. He's not going to be the Ruben Reed who scored, you know, hatfuls at Plymouth. Um I think he will score goals, but yeah, we can't, you know, it's his first start. Look, I thought when he came on against Stevenage, he helped mm. us see out that game with yeah, his hold-up play. He, he really did. Um, and I, yeah, it's, I don't think he's overvalued. I think like you said, you're a bit close, you're closer to, you know, what goes on, you know, on the training ground and things like that. And yeah, I think he's always, like you said, he's always around. I think I, when I've been over, doing stuff for three valley three valleys he's always in the um you know with all the other players he's really close to it all and yeah a big player and you know i think as well for me when when we were in pre-season you know all his family are there to watch him play as well and i think that's the other thing that we forget about we put all these pressure on these players but you know his family goes to watch him play every game and are with him and it's sort of like you know, we're a family club at the heart, aren't we? And yeah, I think we can, 
we we should expect more from him, but at the same time, sixty you know sixty minutes into his first start, give him a bit of a break. <laughs> Can I just point out? I don't think Sheridan's opinion of Ruben Reed is any different to mine whatsoever. <laughs> so if Ben was here, I'd like to think that he would be giving you pelters as well about this opinion <laughs> of Ben. Although I do notice that in his tweets yesterday, Ben has slipped the word exclusively into his opinion. We will not judge Ruben Reed exclusively on goals, now he said. <laughs> and I would completely uh, agree with that. I, I agree that uh, everything that he brings to the game is brilliant. And there was a... Th- I think Ruben Reed, the, the, the bit of um, last season where I formed this opinion on Ruben Reed, I think when he came in, uh, I, I don't think he was good enough. And that was because he was he was getting up to speed. But then he went through a spell. And I remember that game. I think it was at Sutton because we, we could all watch him then because they were all on streams. But he had a brilliant game. I think we lost at Sutton, didn't we? But he had a brilliant game. I think he scored. Um, from open play, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, uh, and uh, and he held the ball up and he linked and he did all, all all of that, which is brilliant. And I don't deny for a second that all of that part of his game is fantastic. But then I think towards the end of the season, or sort of after that little spell that he had in the in in the middle, my frustration with with him was that he wasn't. He didn't seem to be doing enough. He wasn't working enough. And yeah, okay, you know, he's an older player and, and 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 all of that. He was, but he just seemed to like drift out of games a lot and just be completely, you know, isolated. And it, it just seemed like all it needed was him to do a little bit more, and he could have been in, you know, he could have got that ball. He could have uh, been in that position, but he just seemed to. You know, and this is just me. I mean, what experience do I have in football to judge anybody like uh, like like Ruben Reed? But there was just that little bit that I felt if he just gave that little bit more, he could have been uh, in those right in those right positions. But also, his goal return last season wasn't um, wasn't good enough. And like you said there, Sheridan, he'll he won't have been happy with his goal return last um, last season as well. Um, so yeah, if he comes back. And, and and if he if if he scores goals, I'm I'm more than happy to. Uh, I'll I'll get a shirt with his name on the back and everything. <laughs> I think the pressure the pressure Ruben's got is that a few of us who saw him at pre-season, he was mm. a totally different shape, Ruben yeah. Reed, and he was, you know, really fit. He was chasing. He was running. He was, you know, he was a different player to the one who finished last season. And it feels like he's probably gone back closer. He's got a lot of work to do to get back to what he came back in pre-season as again. And unfortunately for him, he's got to do it in a very exposed situation because we're short on numbers. He's going to have to do it in games when everyone's watching rather than yeah, build this up in you know a handful of pre-season games and you know have a whole summer to rest up. It's very much in the thick of it, on the go, and got to try and prove himself as well as get match fitness. But, you know, hopefully he can do it. Yeah, I said even when I saw him at Yate, even a big puffer jacket stood at the side of the pitch. They definitely looked a lot less of him than there was last season. So, so yeah, yeah maybe. Maybe he's he, he's got it in it. There's, a, there's no one more than me that would love to be proved wrong than, uh, <laughs> by uh, by even me. Right, let's move on for that question before I say anything else. Uh, that, that gets me into trouble. But uh, Alex Watts, provided all the games go ahead, 
what's a realistic expectation from Torquay, Weymouth and Torquay? And why is the correct answer nine points? <laughs> why not? Why not? Why not nine points? Yeah. I completely agree. I yeah. agree with that, that, you know, COVID depending, all that kind of thing. Um, we are in ridiculous form ridiculous form um best form I've known in years and you know they're they're sides that are low on confidence I mean Torquay crashed out of the FA Trophy yesterday didn't they so uh Weymouth just about secured a win against Hungerford so and the way the team approached that still scarred from it those two Weymouth games um <laughs> they know what it means and as Ian said earlier about playing for the shirt. They know what that match means. They know the crowd's going to be high. They know the expectations after seeing the win finally against the Seagull Bothers. Um, they know what it means. Not a view of the BBC. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but Although I don't think I can uh, attest to have been non-biased in those commentaries, but you know. <laughs> so will we get nine points? I don't know. Can we get nine points? Absolutely. I think that Weymouth game in particular, if you think how differently the context around us playing Weymouth is, you know, on the 28th of December versus when we played them the first time, we were on a shit run. It was, we weren't playing well at all. That was the game the manager decided to change up the tactics and everything. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it is a totally different scenario now and I've yeah got no reason to think we can't get nine points from these games you know Torquay lost to Tunbridge yesterday um, I don't know what the situation is with their squad and you know what what's going on down there but you know they've Gary Johnson's obviously had a bit of a rebuild over the summer and is still finding finding out what he's got to do um, yeah I don't see any really it's not the Torquay we played last year on Boxing Day for sure is it no, I don't think they're their first choice keeper. I was reading somewhere. Neither did um, we. Talkie didn't. Neither did we. Exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, he had a he had a bit of a shocker, but yeah. And uh, like you said, Weymouth won at uh, Hungerford, didn't they? But I think they'd lost five, six before that, maybe. Um, so they're really struggling going forward as well, mm. which with our defensive record, surely it is a a match made in heaven. So. Yeah, I mean, their confidence was high when we played them last time, as Ian said, and ours was rock bottom. Um, and and it, it's been the turning point. There's no doubt about it. It's been the turning point, hasn't it? Yeah. And what do we think is going to happen when uh, Grant Smith meets Brandon Goodship again? <laughs> Have you yeah. ever, anyone ever spoken to Grant Smith? Because he is the most calm, gentle human being I've ever spoken <laughs> to. So to see that was just utterly... He's lost, completely lost it, didn't he? It was so funny. Of all the players that I'd have listed, um, starting with Jordan Barnett, of course, I <laughs> never have said that it was Grant Smith who uh, who did that. But yeah, that's that's what the Weymouth Derby does to you. <laughs> yeah. You need to ask him. What did Brandon Goodship say to him to make him want to thrust his hips in that fashion? <laughs> that's what. That's what. 120 minutes penalties, retaken penalties. In the like, pissing rain, in yeah. The, in the <laughs> middle of a, like, in the eye of a storm. Like, <laughs> like I think that's enough to break anyone. <laughs> he hasn't done anything like that since. 
No. They've all got to have something about them, haven't they? He's, so, inside cal- players. he's so calm, isn't he? I mean, he couldn't be more different to the keeper we had last season. In Adam's yeah. No. He, you could believe he could do yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so, other questions we've got. Harry Eaton, which the current squad is the most <laughs> is the most avid listener to the podcast? Well, obviously, they all they listen. They all listen, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, my guess is Yusuf as he clearly took my last question, this is Harry's last question, lack of goals in the side personally from his performance today. He does put a laughing face emoji after that. But So Harry claiming credit for Adi Yusuf's form. Uh, and he also <laughs> asked this one for you, Ian. Also, when are we getting a live show? <laughs> That's Ben. I was going to say, Ben's not here. And uh, I'm, I've never seen Harry Eaton and Ben in the same room together. So I'm wondering <laughs> whether this might be Ben's old account that he, he gets to a three. I wonder but, if Harry's uh, any relation to Jason. It could be, couldn't he? Yeah. yeah. He's all, I just noticed as well that his uh, his picture is Grant Smith doing the shabby hips <laughs> of Brandon Goodgem. So, I don't know, maybe he's Grant Smith's alter ego. <laughs> so maybe Grant Smith is the listener of the podcast yeah 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 well welcome grant you're welcome on at any <laughs> at any point but only if you tell us what brandon goodship did to you to deserve that there must have been must have been something but the only other questions here are from from hugh and this one's directed at ben i think asking him about uh, <laughs> whether he managed to keep peace in the barrett household after leeds were um the only game on match of the day getting uh, getting thrashed by Arsenal. We won't ask Ian to comment on that one as a closet Arsenal fan. But um, yeah, Ben's, Ben's not here this morning. So you really, guessing... really reworded this question. Did Ben Barrett manage to disguise enjoyment of a whole match of the day dedicated to Leeds scum being trashed so peace in the Barrett household was wisely maintained? <laughs> I tried to protect Hugh from, uh, from, from the... The wrath of Mrs. Barrett, but uh, yeah, she just come back with some acerbic comment. It was only four so. one. It wasn't seven nil, was it? No, yeah, but that is eleven goals in two games, isn't it? So yeah, it literally was. Again. It literally was match of the day yesterday, wasn't it? As well, yeah. it, it was. Yeah, yeah. they were <laughs> first and last. Yeah. <laughs> weird. What a weird and time we're living you in. Ask Gary Lineker for the running order of match <laughs> of the day as well. So. Uh, <laughs> don't think he got a response on that one but there is a question i don't i didn't get a program or attempt to get a program but someone asked why there wasn't a match day program today um i don't know i don't know do they do are they doing printed programs yeah still? yeah they're back yeah. to doing printed programs yeah they are um who knows i mean it costs a lot to get things printed in volume every week you know, it was a game where they probably knew we weren't going to have a lot of people there, and it was like fifteen hundred yesterday. Um, don't know. You got to weigh up the cost of producing a program and how many people are going to buy them. When you got kids there, though, kids yeah. will always. I always wanted a program when I used to go, but yeah, one of those. One Sorry, of those Joe, things. We don't know. We don't know the answer to your question. Yeah, and I don't know if I saw anyone carrying them. I can't remember. I can't remember. Obviously, no. Joe probably tried to get one and couldn't. So I was going to say, I know Joe from, uh, I grew up in the same uh, village as him down in Odcombe. So I know if anybody knows what happened about programmes, it will be Joe. <laughs> and he'll also know how many games got called off due to waterlogged pitches in the country. He'll, he knows all of that kind of stuff. So if Joe says there was no programme, I guarantee you there was no programme. <laughs> 
I have no doubt about that. But yeah, hundred people there. That was more than I thought would be there mm. during the situation. So obviously the kids go free did help, which is positive. Yeah, and I saw so many kids ask for fivers off their dads and mums to go and get um <laughs> to go and get stuff at half time. So yeah, I think that hopefully the tea bars were bouncing. Yeah, hopefully. And so uh, all, all, all we've got to, to do now is uh, take on Gary Johnson and Weymouth over the Christmas period. Why is it something about Gary Johnson? Even the form that they're in, there's something about Gary Johnson that makes me nervous, mm. about playing Gary Johnson that makes me nervous. Is that my PTSD? Is that what that is? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. This is a all season right. like no other. Yeah? Okay. Come <laughs> it, on, feels positive, it. Positive, it feels it. It feels it, Dave. You know, yeah. I'm as glass half empty as you are a lot of the time <laughs> but you know i think it's yeah because when was the last game you went to i suppose it was a uh, the rex rex and you know which was, was the pretty, last game i went to and that was brilliant pretty special oh, yeah so, whereas i've now had three three home wins in a row so yeah. you know i'm riding on the crest of that wave of witnessing three yeah. in a row you need to go to torquay there's an away day yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> talky on Boxing Day. Yeah, yeah. that's that nowhere, is it? No, no. No. <laughs> no, I don't know. Now, now we've got drawn at home in the FA Cup as well. I can't see unless I can get myself down to London for Southend in that midweek game, which I think is probably going to be unlikely with COVID. Then I think Woking away is my next one, but it's a W team away, so maybe that means something because we haven't got Wilston away, have we? Or Wilston's been rearranged now. Yeah, I think. And it's a Tuesday in February, which can't yeah. wait. Yeah, yeah. Where else would you be on a Tuesday in oh, February? Who, who do we want in the trophy? Let's have another local, uh, another local game. Not Weymouth. <laughs> York City, Plymouth. York City. That's who I want. Plymouth Parkway Park won on penalties. Yeah, excellent. Um, Did Larkle win or something? Did Larkle win? Yeah, Larkle won. Larkle's yeah, I saw right, that they won. Larkle. Yeah. Weymouth. <laughs> something Not Weymouth in cup competitions. Something close so we can have a nice uh, local end of December start. Of what January. do you mean something closer? You've had all these games that are close. Give me, come on, give me a break here. Give me Spennymore United or something like that. York City. I didn't relocate you to Preston. No, that's true. It's been uh, yeah, it's been a long time. Right. Well, I think that's probably it then. Yeah, let's are we call back it. On, are we back on Friday, Christmas Eve, Ian? Are we back then? Yeah, we've got to do a Christmas Eve one, haven't we? We'll do a Christmas Eve one. What would, that, it, yeah. what would Christmas Eve be without the Glovers cast? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> ben, ben will be bringing the chestnuts and Ian will be roasting them over an open fire. He'll have... is, everyone going to be, is everyone going to be listening to you over their Christmas dinner? That's going to happen. What else would you do over your <laughs> Christmas dinner? Yeah, I know. Dinner, that'll talk that. to your family. Yeah, we might be the only people people have to listen to on Christmas Day at this rate. Oh, don't. Yeah, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> well, apologies again to anyone that can speak Swahili. Um, but, uh, you know, I tried my best. I did promise. And if it was completely wrong, you can A, let me know, and B, blame Google Translate, because it told me what it was. <laughs> Google so. told me. Exactly. Google told me to do it. Right. Thanks. There, Thank cheers, you everyone. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas Merry indeed. Christmas. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in.
Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from 